0: Welcome to the CMIO Podcast, a show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Dr. Mark Weissman, a practicing physician and CMIO, and the host of CMIO Podcast. And today I have a real treat we have bill russell a cio who's coming on our show today and also the uh, the producer of this week in health it so many of you will know him from his podcast and i'll tell you i am a, a fan of the podcast a regular listener so i'm very uh, excited and happy um, bill say hello if you would please
1: hey mark how's it going and, and you should say also recent guest on this week in health it <laughs> that's true that's true it's been so bill and
0: i are trading off uh, uh, coming on each other's show here to uh, to educate and inform our, our, uh, our respective colleagues. So, um, it's, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, let me just uh, start off with the usual introduction question in terms of, um, for those who, who may not know you, what have you done and what are you doing now and what's your passion in life?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, by the way, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, relevant for this discussion, I was the CIO for St. Joseph's Health in uh, Southern California which was a six and a half billion dollar health system, 16 hospitals. Um, you know, The role of the CIO was what uh, would be considered a combination of different roles today. I was essentially the uh, chief information officer. Uh, I also acted as the chief digital officer, also acted as the uh, chief innovation officer. We created digital journeys for patients. We invested in startups. We built uh, interoperability platform to support the clinically integrated network uh, on top of a, a bajillion EMRs. Um, you know, we consolidated. Uh, did the normal CIO work of consolidating the EHR from 10, to, 10 instances to, you know, a single code base, consolidated packs, moved everything to the cloud. That that kind of work, and uh, you know, the list goes on. Uh, St. Joe's combined with uh, Providence, which uh, Providence was a larger entity. I ended up uh, leaving, as a result of the M and A activity, which I think a lot of your listeners can uh, uh, appreciate. Uh, a lot of M and A activity happening in healthcare. Uh, I left and started a uh, consulting and uh, coaching practice for health systems and uh, health system leaders, and uh, in the process, I started This Week in Health IT, you know, a podcast with a pretty similar mission uh, to yours, to develop the next generation of uh, tech-savvy health le- leaders.
0: So, I, I know from my fellow CMIOs that I've, that I've spoken with, who also listen to you, to your, to your show, they, they universally, universally would say, um, I, I wish, wish my CIO was Bill Russell, Russell and and you know, was or or is like him or had his, his, his insights, insights and ideas. What's, What's been your relationship, relationship with CMIOs? I have I a feeling, feeling it's going to be a really, really good, good one, but but fill us, us in, in, what in what that, that looks, looks like.
1: You know, you, you know, well, it's 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 a really good one, depending on where you're at in your EMR implementation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I came from outside of healthcare, so you know, that's uh, the most important thing for me was a great relationship with the CMIO. You know, you know what you know, and you know what you don't know, and when you come from outside of healthcare, uh, you don't pretend to know uh, medicine. So. Within the first month of being there, we proposed an EHR consolidation because of what I do know is that having 10 different uh, uh, operational systems running hospitals is not efficient. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my background was I, I, I knew how to build that case. I knew how, how to build consensus. I knew how to get in front of uh, boards and to get that money, which we did. And the CMIO was there side by side with me. And as soon as we got the money, he announced his intention Uh, to leave and go take another role which was he I think he was looking at that timeline and the work and he was like you know I this is a good time to slip out the side door Um, and we ended up hiring a a new CMIO who was uh, essentially responsible for the entire EMR build and uh, you know we worked side by side on that project and really a lot of others over those seven years at St. Joe's he's still there at Providence and getting ready to do a a significant uh, epic uh, migration for them in in Southern California. In fact, the same system that we consolidated, he is now migrating to another system. Um, which, uh, you know, a relationship was great. He knew what he was good at. I knew what I was good at, and uh, we uh, we we played off each other really well.
0: So, what what do you look for when you you are hiring a CMIO? What's uh, what were the traits that you found that you really wanted to have?
1: You know the, the 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 role really it's the role has changed. It's a leadership role, right? So as a CMIO, I was looking for somebody that was personable, that had good relationships with physicians and good relationships with the uh, with the executives within the organization. This is somebody that had to go into you know sixteen different hospitals, very different cultures. We were in Southern California. We were also in West Texas. So if you could think of two cultures that were diametrically opposed it would be those two and uh, and and so this person had to go into different cultures and then get buy-in as you know adoption is 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 a challenge and so it had to be somebody that could that could build a case that was uh, eloquent that was empathetic uh, they could build consensus um, they understood the value of education uh, they also um, yeah you, know, you know it's it's interesting. As we were doing the EMR implementation, there's there, the worst day of your satisfaction will be the first day of your EMR implementation. There's there's very few ways that you can come out on that first day with like a ninety percent approval rating, and uh, and you know you you start at that point, and then you have a plan for how you're going to educate people, how you're going to bring them along, how you're proactive, um, and and looking for new ways to 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 really help the help the ad, adoption of technology uh, throughout the entire system so the uh, you know we were looking for we were really looking for a a clinical leader who um, who could uh, who could really impact the the culture and the environment
0: so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick your brain just a little bit more in terms of that tactical versus strategic leader uh, do, you do you picture, picture that CMIO that they're they're working, working one-on-one with providers that are struggling, uh, looking at workflows, getting down with analysts and, and examining builds, or are they really more designing programs, developing people under them to do that kind of work?
1: You know, it's a, a tactical, strategic. Um, you know, let me come back to that in a second. I, I found it interesting when I left St. Joe's that it, I, I interviewed for a couple CIO roles, and um, essentially, the uh, the uh, one that I was interested in, they came back and said, essentially, you don't have enough EMR experience. And I thought about that and I thought, that's interesting. I've consolidated 16 EMRs into a single build across the board. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? They're right. I've never logged into an EMR, I've never, um, I know people are going to find that crazy. You've never logged into the EMR, no. But I've reverse engineered the uh, data structure for several of the EMRs to bring it into an interoperability platform. But no, I've I've never. I'm not a clinician. I wouldn't log into the EMR. And uh, but it was interesting to me that a health system was looking for a CIO who knew the EMR at that level. And and I thought, yeah, that's probably not a system I want to be a part of. So let's let's talk about tactical and strategic. You know, tactical is working on. Um, the existing operations, so it's workflows, education programs that that support the existing business, um, and all that work is really considered tactical. Uh, even if it's implementing new and innovative solutions, if it's focused on making the existing uh, you know business model better, or or clinical workflows better or more efficient, it's tactical. Strategic is about change, and so as a CIO, I'm I I consider myself a strategic CIO and people hire me as a consultant for this strategy aspect strategy is fundamentally changing the way something is done in order to achieve a higher level of outcome so you know these may be you know internally focused but they will deliver an outcome that was previously unattainable strategic initiatives you know when you think about them they start with a dream what would be possible if we were able to do something. And so a couple of examples, if we were able to monitor a patient seven by 24, build a whole patient profile, could we improve the overall health of our community? You know, that, that's a strategic initiative. If we were able to deliver uh, instant telehealth visits to a person in their home for a $20 copay, how might that improve access to healthcare across our community? If we we're able to provide interoperability between every EHR, what would that enable? If we were able to wrap a care journey with a, a set of digital tools, what would that do? Those are strategic questions. And, and uh, it's interesting because, um, I wrote an article a while back, and I said, you know, there's three things that a CIO needs to do. They need to uh, they need to keep the trains running on time. They need to lay lay new track, which is incremental improvements, and uh, they need to build airplanes. And uh, I, I've gotten a lot of feedback from that, where people go, you know, that is probably the most clear I've ever heard. That you know, you gotta you gotta keep the EMR running, uh, functioning, and uh, efficient. You have to be able to lay new uh, workflows and, and new capabilities on top of it. And then you have to just be working on the innovation side because our industry is changing. And, and, and it's a combination of all three of those things. So, you know, where do I see the CMIO? Uh, the CMIO will probably spend a, a, a good 70 to 80% of their time on uh, tactical which by the way, most CIOs will spend about the same amount of time on tactical. But a, a good 30 needs to be taken aside and say, say, how do we really change, um, you know, change the physician's life so that they're getting out at five o'clock? How do we change the uh, experience of the patient so that they are uh, receiving a level of care at a level of convenience with a level of access that we, could, we we aren't able to do today but if we implemented some things we could do that's a pretty long-winded answer and i'm not even sure i answered your question i just sort of ran. i
0: mean actually this is probably some of the most brilliant stuff i've heard on the topic in terms of you know i I, when i speak to my fellow cmios there you know well what are you working on and how much of your time are you spending you know one-on-one with the provider who's crashing um, and and putting out the fires versus being able to have that time of course it depends on the size of the system uh if you're you know dealing with 20 hospitals it's going to look a lot different
1: but you know also- it's it's interesting with consulting with cio consulting when i go in and look and they'll say hey what's the health of my it organization we we do we do an analysis of their budget and a lot of times what we find the unhealthy ones you'll find that like a, a good 95 to 98 percent of their investment is going into operational activities and you're like yeah you're fine now but you know, healthcare is changing, it's changing pretty rapidly. And if you keep spending close to 100% of your money and, and your, your staff resources and your energy on keeping this thing running, you're not building what healthcare is going to be in three to five years. So you're going to have a huge catch-up project at some point. All right.
0: All right. Um, have you had any experience with uh, building the governance around provider uh, EMR pieces in terms of um, either the larger uh, projects about, hey, you know, starting the, the EMR, or even more, you know, okay, do we adopt this module? Are we gonna go with I don't know, Cupid or something if you're doing with an Epic shop? Or, you know, dealing with those, some of those governance decisions what's been your experience?
1: You know, it's it's um, you know, I relied very heavily for 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 that, for that specific project, for an EHR project or a clinical project, I relied pretty heavily on the uh, on the CMIO. You know, we did, during the build, we did an SBAR process, which was really effective. Uh, we kept the layers pretty pretty um, uh, small in terms of the decision-making, but the ability for people to speak into the build was pretty vast. I mean, they, you could have an SBAR generated pretty much from anywhere within the organization if they were looking at a workflow and saying, hey, this isn't gonna work. Um, now, we were trying to drive standardization uh, across you know 16 hospitals, and, and in some cases we we were able to do that. Obviously, problem sets and and um, you know some other you know we got to a, a single charge master, which was a huge victory. Uh, we would do, we did not get to a single formulary. That was uh, we end up with regional formularies uh, was the best we could do. Uh, but the, you know we did an SBAR process. We did uh, pretty small um, you know uh, clinical groups around specialties so that they. Uh, were able to to really have an impact in, in their build and the workflows that they were going to use. Again, the challenge was um, they, thought, they thought like a hospital, and then we tried to get them to think like a region, and then we tried to get to, them to think like a system, and uh, we had various levels of success along the ways of getting our uh, physicians to really even, in some cases, even care that they were in a region or even care that they were in a system.
0: Yeah, physician engagement has always been one of the things that's, that has tripped up initiatives that I've tried to do is when the physicians just don't care. That is such, uh, I'd rather deal with the angry but engaged <laughs> physician than the disengaged physician. And yeah. Just, and I think that applies to probably just about any staff member that you're, you're tackling out there.
1: Yeah,
0: um, absolutely. What are your thoughts on physician builders? Uh, I've heard some CIOs like them, some don't. Where do you fall on the spectrum?
1: Oh, no, I love it. I, I think it, you know, anytime, anytime the, the people who are using the system have the ability to, uh, to you know, make that level of customization, I mean, customization is a, a double edged sword, right? So you don't want to customize to the point where it's creating complexity, and complexity then leads to uh, a lot of things. It leads to increased costs and it leads to um, uh, downtime. So you don't want you don't want builders having access to uh, a certain level of the system that you just need to stay the same so that you can function. You know, and and even Epic would acknowledge that, you know, their 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 drive towards foundation is a acknowledgement that, you know, you can't continue to customize Epic across even their client base and uh, continue to drive. The level of efficiency and interoperability and, and things that are are necessary, but at at the flip side, to the extent that you can customize it um, and not impact that that complexity level, and you're able to customize it for specific practices, uh, specific specialties, it's a it's a phenomenal program. It's just um, and everyone I've talked to who who has a physician builder uh, program in place uh, generally uh, talks pretty highly of it.
0: So the question always comes up, well how do you fund this thing and, and uh, how does a physician builder or just provider informatics in general you know, prove their worth? Uh, the, the ROI is so difficult to measure. It's not gonna be you know, for every dollar you spend on, on your providers you're gonna get back two or 10 or whatever. It's uh, you're going to make the lives of, of people better um, but that doesn't always translate into dollars directly. So, what are your thoughts about how should CMIOs or other physician informaticists approach their senior leadership about the programs? Uh, it's
1: uh, it's interesting that you want to present as few projects to business leaders as possible without an ROI. There's some that they're just going to look at and say, "Yeah, that's that's the price of admission. We have to do it. We have to have an EMR, and we should have the best EMR we could possibly have uh, for the price." So at the end of the day, you know, they're business leaders. So they're going to be thinking, I know that clinicians may not like this from time to time, but they're going to be thinking in dollars and cents. Board members are going to be thinking in dollars and cents, and they're going to be thinking about security, and they're going to be thinking about uh, growth and mergers and acquisitions. It's really what they're, uh, you know, and, and they will be thinking about clinician satisfaction and, and the communities that they serve and those things, but they will be thinking in terms of numbers. You, There's so, Uh, So one of the things as CMIOs mature uh, in in the role, I say you go from being tactical and really focusing in on those day-to-day, you know, how do you make the system better to use to uh, really starting to think, become a business leader within the organization and say, all right, what projects could I be doing within our health system that's gonna have a a tangible and measurable, measurable return? And the physician builder may or may not have that, and that's part of the maturation project uh, process. for CMIOs is is building out those those return models, and then uh, being able to have the conversations back to say, look, we have, because you're not competing with. It's not like there's a whole bunch of money sitting there that are saying you're not going to get it. There's a whole bunch of money sitting there, and it has to be allocated to a hundred different projects. Are we going to get the new MRI machine? Are we going to? Are we going to do this physician builder? Are we going to do this? are we going to do that and and the ones that can come before the executive leaders and say, "Hey, look, if you give me you know a million dollars, I'm going to give you three million dollars back. Well, they're going to get the money
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so the the again the maturation is just okay, how what projects do I have within my realm?" That are going to have the biggest impact across the entire system, and uh, I, and I can communicate in terms of financials.
0: I think the the biggest project that the advice that I give my fellow CMIOs is to look at the denials that happen, denial for payment from insurance companies yep. because of either physician, what's the documentation or around you know they put in an, an, an order for an admission and it should have been an observation and these are you know, pieces of of knowledge that most doctors don't store away so if you do clinical decision support that 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 fixes the denial issue there are huge dollars to be found in that pot and that can help fund your your, your program so as uh that gets to your point of find the business case that they're going to be interested in and they and don't they like, like denials <laughs> and so if you can come forward and say i can help you with that denial piece you're going to be very popular so would you agree with that
1: oh absolutely uh, you know just you know and, and actually it doesn't have to be just focused on the business talk to the physicians and and you can do it in terms of time as well and uh and and build you know cases around the amount of time that's wasted in certain uh workflows and those kind of things so there's, there's a lot of ways to do it and um yeah, and it's an important, important skill to develop.
0: Well, I, I, I got a million more questions to ask you, but I'm, I, am, uh, we, we, uh, I agreed to let you go at, uh, at the uh, half hour here. So um, I'm going to look to wrap this up. I do want you, you, you do appear to have added some new services in addition to your podcast. Um, and uh, I think it would be really great for you just to introduce those to uh,
1: to our audience yeah. yeah so we have we have two new services one is called insights it's for people in health IT who are looking to advance their career and you can sign up for that you get uh, two emails a week one on Tuesday one on Thursday and I take uh, snippets from the podcast and I do a little so what so somebody will introduce some concept and I'll say you know here's 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 how this can be I make it pragmatic and then the other is a staff meeting and uh, staff meeting is for uh, leaders, maybe first time or new leaders uh, within health IT. Uh, it's, a, it's a way to get your staff meeting off on the right foot. Again, snippets from the uh, show because we do a video podcast. It's a video. It'll have a couple questions that come with it. Uh, it'll introduce your staff to some new thinking and just, uh, you know, you can have a, a conversation around it.
0: No, that's, that's fantastic. And if, for those of you if, you, if you haven't, check out This Week in Health IT. It is a phenomenal podcast. Definitely catch up on that. Uh, that is our show for today, and thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. Uh, Bill, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words about the show as well. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Well, I've been your host, Dr. Mark Weissman. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at cmiopodcast at gmail.com some of your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, general feedback, or just to connect. And I look forward to bringing you our next episode.